Roller Coaster of Love. It's RX Sinclair, episode 80. Aaron, it's time to say welcome to R. Sinclair. <laughs> and I'm Aaron. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about Roller Coaster. Now, Aaron, are you a theme park aficionado? I'm not, Boat. I, I, but I have been to some theme parks over the years. I've ridden a few roller coasters. Did you ever go on the old date at the theme park? I tragically did. One time I did go on a date. I've got to hear this story. I've never heard this well, story. Well, you have probably heard some of it. Uh I uh, was interested in a young lady, and I was so we went to Kings Island, okay. which is the amusement park that's closest to us. That's not counterpart. Now, when you're a kid, you don't just go to Kings Island with some girl. How did you get there? Well, I was out of high school. Okay, so this wasn't when so, you were a kid. When I think about dating and girls, I think about high school. Well, so, okay. not me. Okay, no, trust me, that's the last thing I think about. <laughs> it took place after high school. That's when the chicks got to dig me, both. Oh yeah, that's when. Yeah. So. We went up there, and I don't like um, being scared all that much right. and being on rides. Right. But the problem is, especially back in the 80s, you know how that was. You got you uh, The men will look like geeks. Mm-hmm. Like, we will not, not be macho if we don't get on all the stuff. Right. So I rode, like, stuff that you, you would never get me on in a million years. I rode the Vortex. I rode the Beast. I rode the stand-up roller coaster. I rode all, the, the, all these crazy roller coasters. Uh, and uh, uh, the one, and I'm sure I've mentioned this before, that we they it was a special day. I think it was my work. I got tickets to work, and they gave all of us these uh, pins that for for our shirts. Mm-hmm. And I didn't wear them out on my shirt. I stuck it in my pocket. Cool guy style. Well, no, it wasn't cool because when we were on the racer, the racers are these real old roller coasters, and they're small. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty big guy, especially even back then. And so as the guy was stuffing me into this car. This pin was sticking me in the butt, and, it, and I don't mean like a, a, a slight touch. I mean it was like it was a violent, violent probing of the butt with this pin. It was brutal. It was violating it, and so I kept going. I kept fighting him, and finally I'm like, "Listen, you got to ride this on your own." I got up out of the car, walked off, and this thing went so deep that it drew blood. Oh my god! And why was I wearing white shorts? I don't know. So this was a bad look. And as usual, my conquest of women is consistent of anything. It didn't go too good. Did you ride the log flume that day? I did. I rode the log flume. You know, flume. the problem with the log flume, when I went to the last time I went to King's Island was in eighth grade. Yeah. And um, you know, we rode the log flume right out of the gate. Yeah. Okay. And then the massive chafing was the was the result. Because I was wearing jeans, you know. Yeah. And you just the rest of the day, bad move. Don't ride the log flume first. Any of the or or the Whitewater Canyon, any Mm. of that stuff, you're gonna get soaked. That is the worst. Yeah. It's the worst because you're. And the thing is, we I used to try to get. I I learned ride those at the end of the day. But the problem is, in the middle of the day, you get real hot. Yep. And you're like, man, this will cool me down. Yeah. But then you pay the ultimate price. And the thing is, you know, when you go to Kings Island on a school trip. 
you're never just there for a couple hours. They drop you off at like four in the morning. They pick you up at midnight. Yeah. So you're there for the duration. If you're out of money yeah. or you get lost or you're no screwed. one's hanging out with your bones, yep. just wander around like a, like a vagabond. <laughs> yep. you know, now, is there anything at the, at the amusement park that you simply will not ride in yes. any circumstances? Anything like they have at the carnival here by the high school, anything that just is just like a going around in a circle really fast, Yeah. I get ill easy. Really? Yeah, not the good kind. What is there a good? Oh, yeah, cool like the now. license to. Yeah, and so, um, but uh, yeah, I will not ride anything that goes around a circle because I just get sick. Like the even the teacups, those like, are the worst. Yeah, I went there on a school trip with my buddies, and they've got this gimmick in the cups that like you could spin the cup on your own. Right, you don't right. have to even wait. And I remember me and my buddy spinning that thing around. It's a good laugh until you feel like you're gonna die. Yeah. And then the ride started. <laughs> exactly. And I got exactly. off those things, and I was done for the day. Yeah. You just lay down and you feel like you're gonna die. You know, it's horrible. It, I used to be pretty okay with the spinny stuff. And the you mentioned the carnival. There's a carnival that comes right up the street from me, and I went there and they had one of the old. Uh, um, they had one of those rides. Uh, the, where you uh, uh, get in a car and it spins around uh, uh, with the twist. What's the thing called? I can't remember. But anyway, I know it, it looks like a spider, right? It's I, going up I, and down. I've read this thing a million times. It was like it was no problem. But I, this one, I knew it was over for me because I I rode this thing once and I got off of it. And I was violently ill, mm-hmm. and I remember walking home dizzy and sick. Was this just from the carnival? This down is the from the carnival. Okay. And that was like, okay, I'm done with these, and that's probably the last time I've ridden anything like that. I, just, I can't hack anymore. Yeah. Now, have you taken the boy to Camden Park before? He's been to Camden Park, but he wasn't with me. He went there with his aunt. He's not a big fan. Now, I used to go to Camden Park's our local, uh, very fa- historical and famous local amusement park. That is sort of shady, I guess. I mean, kind of. Calling it run down would not be a misnomer. It's got one. It may have, at this point, I think it's got the last gravity-fed uh, dark ride in, in America. Yeah. Maybe in the world. The Haunted, the haunted House. house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but, but and I used to go there. And they had an arcade. And, you know, it's But it's kind of downhill. Since the last time I was there, it wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. One thing Canada Park had was tons and tons of bees. I don't know what... Like, I don't know if they had their own pies, but these things, and they would have cost you, and they came in packs. And if you got anywhere near the, like, the cotton candy or something, mm. they knew. Yeah. Like, they had feelers everywhere, and they'd come get you. You'd be on rides, and here come the bees, and you can't do anything. You just, you see people on the roller coaster, or on those, you know, those things that fly, go over the city, like mm. the, uh, the ski things? Yeah. People are just up there going like this, and you know what's happening. They're being accosted by the Canyon Park Bee Crew. Someday we'll have to make a, an Amigos road trip to Cannon no. Park. Maybe that can be the Sunday activity for Boat Fest. What we'll year. have to do is we'll have to get a bunch of geeks that don't know any better to ride all the stuff, and we just sit back and laugh. <laughs> you know, on the Big Dipper, the fear is real because you see like chunks flying off. Of it. It's an old wooden coaster that's falling apart it's as you, you know, ride it. I, we went to my dad's. Uh, my dad's uh, work had a party there, and it was the picnic area right beside that. Oh yeah, and you could sit there, and every time that thing went around, you'd see something fall off. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, when's it going to be the thing that supports the other thing that's going to kill everybody? <laughs> well, all that said, Aaron, we should probably move on to this week's game, roller coaster. Aaron, before we start, we need to give a shout-out to Clive's Club. Uh, this is the group that picks these games for us. Big props to Mr. Rocket, Mitsuyama, Richard Goulstone, Paul Harrington, McChessers, Jed Byrne, Justin Tinpot Gamer, Orkmeal, and Paul, a.k.a. Hermski. Very good. Thank you, fellas. Now, 
Let's hear all about roller coasters. Did you enjoy the love theme for roller coasters? <laughs> I was talking to Bo before the show, and some of the magazine articles I read, like that theme was they were talking about how great it sounded. I thought to myself, man, this is one area of well, computers I'm glad it's improved. You know, compared to the Manic Minor tune, That's this true. is. <laughs> It's like a god. I guess thing. this has more than, than than the gameplay from Medic Mind right. involved in it. So this, in fact, is roller coaster for the old ZX uh, release boat in '86. So think about it. We just on the Amigas, we just covered a game from '87. There's GB Air Rally. This came out a scanty just a year before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was published by Elite Systems Limited. My God, what have they not done? Just to go over a few of their uh, offerings. We've played a lot of these in the show. R-type, the, the R-Types, Paperboy, Ultima 4, Great Guy Sisters, Pit Stop 2, World Class Leader Golf, Summer Games, Chaos, and Lords of Chaos, Archon, I could go on. Tons. This was created by a guy named, simply known as S. Brocklehurst. Okay. Great name. Yeah. Uh, he, as far as I could tell, his only other credit on the ZX, and I looked at a couple places to try to find out, was something called Animator One. I don't know if Animator One was a, a was an art program for the ZX or some sort of creative program that they used. Or to that could have been his hacker name. Animator or like Reanimator. Right. He's bringing back the dead, or the dead flesh in this case. Um, this was a 48k release uh, and gave you the usual control options. The original price in this one, boat. Now, where does the budget price end? On these, it's like in there, like I one think, pound nine IP. Maybe I, I would say two ninety nine is the high end on budget. This games. was originally this was listed from what I read at six pounds ninety five. So, so this is your mid price. Is that what this is? Game. Yeah, I think. Okay, okay. So, uh, what in God's name is this crazy game? Well, good question. <laughs> Believe it or not, there's a, I read the docs again, and this has got a backstory. If you'll indulge me, uh, so the the backstory on this thing, this is straight from the manual. Colonel G. Boogie's Bogey. Play. How do you? Do you know that you don't know the joke? I don't. Okay, Colonel Bogie. That's a famous march. You know. Oh, okay. There you go. Well, Colonel G. Bogie's pleasure pack is in full swing. But what's this? A disgruntled employee has swiped the takings and left them scattered all over the fairground, and he sabotaged all the rides so they can't be switched off. The colonel's closed the park, but can he get his money back? The only way he can do it is to ride the rides. But at the speed they're going, it looks like suicide to try. Is it worth it? Of course it is. Way to go, Colonel. I love this setup. I love this setup because it tells you everything. There's no novella. There's no some guy trying to make a larger statement about society. This is about a, uh, an amusement park gone amok. And it's your classic setup, like the, the, the famous Scooby-Doo episode, where the same thing was going on. Did, now, had you looked at these beforehand? Is that the first time you'd heard that tale? No, no, I read the docs. Okay, because this is one of those games, like, you can read the docs, but you don't really have to read no, them. you don't because have to. Because you can to. tell on, this, on the, when you play the game, there's sacks of cash, and you want the cash. Right. That's all there is to it. Right. And so this, but in this case, you were playing as uh, Colonel Bogey as you go around the his amusement park, which is it's nice to know that it's his. In search of his lost wide mm-hmm. boat. Now, this is quite the immense park, isn't it? Yeah. This game, I would say, in the spirit of a game like of a like a manic miner or something. But I, I would, I mean, and I, I'm not comparing the two gameplays because there, there's a sort of a, a far cry between the two, but they're sort of similar in a way. This is an open world platforming game. It is. It's it, it incredibly open, flip screen uh, platformer. 
uh, where you go through this immense pleasure park boat. Mm -hmm. It's immense. Uh, you actually, and the controls in this are kind of goofy to me. You've got your, you know, up, down, left, right, of course. You've got your jump. You've also got a run faster button. Mm -hmm. Did you use the run faster button all that much? Not even once. I used it because but I, 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 I tried I played, to figure out what to do with it. I played this on a joystick exclusively. I oh, did not I use the keyboard. Okay, I, I I played this on the keyboard as as was intended by the good Lord. I don't. I, I thought you could use a joystick, but I always like to play the ZX stuff on the keyboard. Uh, this game, if you think about this game, think of a game that's split. And of course, it's a flip screen game. In the tradition of your favorites, where they have like sort of a named area, mm -hmm. and you go through, and you just—it's a simple game where you try to collect all the stuff. Sounds easy, right? It's not. <laughs> this game is a difficult game to say the least, uh, because uh, they weren't kidding when they said the rides were mucked, and and, and they all the, a lot of rides are simulated in this game. I can see as a as a child. Getting this game would and playing it would probably be quite a thrill because if you're really into amusement parks, I'm not saying you're going to get the amusement park experience here, but you are. And it's the amusement park of death. But I mean, if you go into different areas, there's one. There's a log flume. There's a roller coaster. There's caves. There's pirate ride. There's boat rides. There's bumper cars. It's all there, and it's like they've just let you run amok in the in the amusement park. It's it's kind of a thrill, isn't it? Listen. This game is amazing. <laughs> I thought you'd like it. And I'll tell you why. First of all, everybody loves a world in miniature. And what you have here is a whole world in miniature. Yeah. You have this fully formed amusement park, complete with all of the rides that you know and love. It's colorful. It feels like there, there, are, there are ambient animations going on. There are a wide variety of transport you can take. Uh, pretty much everything, if you were going to design a, a theme park with the ZX Spectrum, yeah. you would be hard-pressed to design one better than what's in this game. Okay, Two, this game is open world. You always have multiple routes you can go to get to different things. Okay, So if you find that one particular activity is too harrying or it's too, it's too difficult, you can always go in a separate direction and you can try something else. Three, you are not limited to collecting the bags of money on each screen before you move on. This game has variable difficulty in a very neat way. Uh, there are some bags of money that are incredibly easy to get. All you have to do is basically walk over and touch them. Other bags of money are more difficult to get. There are some bags of money in this game. I wonder if there's a way to get them at all. It just seemed, it yeah. seems impossible. Okay, so when as you go through this game, you're not only exploring, you're not only trying to get money. Like when you're playing Manic Miner, I mean, you might be sort of admiring the graphics on each stage, but really you're just concentrating on surviving. In this game, I really found myself taking time on each screen and looking carefully at each little scene that was drawn. I was just in love with the art style of this game. Of course, you know I'm a sucker for the ZX Spectrum colors. And there's also like, Things are moving at different speeds in this game. So, for example, if you're watching on uh, the, the video or watching him ride the roller coaster, and as he's riding the roller coaster, the roller coaster is, is, is moving at one speed. You have the Ferris wheel that's moving in the background that's a different speed. There's a sailboat. And then there's all these other things that are going on, too. And all these things are happening simultaneously. And when you see these things happening, uh, different things moving at different speeds gives you the illusion that you're actually in a living, breathing amusement park. And that's key 
to the sort of immersion that you want in a game like this. You add that to, of course, the named rooms, which I love. You know, it tells you exactly where you are in each space. I mean, this this may be game of the year for me on 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 Ars and Claire. Wow, I can't think of a game that I played more that I enjoyed more and that I think is a better concept for a game on this platform. You're really putting it over, eh? Well, I will chime in. Um, this game has a lot of personality. There's no doubt about that. It does have the stuff that you like, and I like that too, the name stuff. I like it all different rides. And a lot of the small touches that are put in that didn't even need to be there. Background stuff. Little... Some areas, like uh, we're just watching up, up uh, the roller coaster go over a place that has a little sailboat, or there'll be a dolphin, or there'll be a little merry-go-round, there'll be other rides in the background doing stuff. It's nice. It's someone spent a lot of time really working this out. They didn't ham an egg or phone it in. I mean, this is you can see why this would. This is above a budget title. It's more immense. If you watch a playthrough on this, it just keeps going. Like there's you've got everything mm-hmm. in here. It goes, it goes on and on and on. It's it's so not, many it's, screens. You know, it's not your typical. This game has 500 screens, no. but they all look the same. Right. I mean, each one of these screens, and this is not hyperbole. Each one of these screens is a pixel art work of art. And some of the screen, some of the rides will take multiple, like the multiple screens. Example, just right off the gates, when you log on the on the, if you get on the log flume and ride it, uh, you go over hills, valleys, you go across a. Uh, uh, an area where Paul Bunyan statue supports the tracks, mm-hmm. which is cool looking. So this is something that takes up multiple screens, just for this one experience. Now, with all that said, uh, the game has the patented. I like again. I'm going to reference that old Dreamcatch article about multiple. This one has multiple lines of of crap you could have gotten rid of at the bottom. Not only does not only does it glorify the publisher twice. But that's also got the name of the game as well. So, I mean, literally, when you say t- one-third of the screen is taken up by garbage, it's true. Literally, in this game. And this game could have used the extra real estate to make it a little bit bigger. Because the size of this game made it, for, for me, I thought that added a lot of difficulty to an already difficult game. Because everything is small. You said it was the world of miniature. You're not kidding. It's very small. Uh, as much as I like to look at the various parts of this game... I couldn't get to see them. <laughs> I couldn't get to see them all because it's also really difficult. Is it manic minor or jet set really difficult? I mean, yes, in some places it absolutely is at least difficult, maybe more. But I didn't even get to those spots. I watched the playthrough on this, and I literally was just baffled as how could someone could ever get past this stuff. There are some areas where you'll just see the the playthrough guy just do the same thing over and over and over because you're waiting for the timing to right. be right to disembark from whatever you're on. You know, and that to me is a lot, that's the old bridge too far and stuff like that. It's going to get old after a while. There are parts of it and parts of it I really enjoy. You mentioned that getting the getting the, the uh, bags of money uh, sometimes you can get them, sometimes you have to work for them, sometimes you'd stumble into them and sometimes you're like how do I get those? That I came across many of those and it was fun to figure it out. And I could actually figure it out after a while. Sometimes you have to leap from the other screen. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can jump higher or further than you thought. Uh, you, the colonel can fall a decent distance before getting hurt. But there is a limit. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to take that into account when you're making these leaps, making these jumps. There's also some areas where, like, the colonel can't touch water at all. Mm-hmm. Or you'll be killed. So stuff like yeah, and there are, there are some there are some places where it's it's total trial and error. What will kill right. him and what won't? Right now, it gives you a, it gives you like ten men to start. It gives you a healthy amount of men, which is good. 
but you're going to run through them. The good thing is, giving you that many men, they must have known that this was a difficult game, so they at least cut you some slack mm -hmm. on that. There are areas where there's a lot of, not just platform jumping, but jumping on the unstable, moving stuff. And, I mean, it's hard. And you've got to, it all comes down to just pinpoint accuracy and timing. And if you don't have it, you're boned. I don't know how far you got into this. I got probably, I don't know, 15 screens in, maybe not that far. Oh, I have no I mean, I just played and played and played. And, but, I mean, there were areas I just I couldn't get past. And it's all, it really all comes down to the timing the timing in this is really difficult. This is the kind of game I can see a kid buying, taking home, playing it, and just uh, obsessing over it, trying to see all yeah, the stuff. Yeah, because this game gives you an incentive to see more. Yeah. Because you see, oh, man, this screen looks awesome. What's on the next screen? It's not like freaking Underworld where you know the next screen's going to look lame and you don't care. This is This game, because of the theming, the theming makes it. It yeah. makes it because you know, like, oh man, it's the log flume screen. That's awesome. You know, what's the next? Am I going to get to see something new that's another sort of thing? I love that. And you're right. This game, you know, there are sections in this game where I've read that they are only passable by just sort of basically cheating the system. Um, I don't know that I would have ever played far enough to get to a point where I like I had to exploit one of those things. Obviously, if you're trying to get a perfect score, you have to do that sort of thing. But would I, as a kid, have got my six pound ninety five out of this? Yes, a hundred percent, yes. Well, that's I mean, that's the rub, right? I mean, this is the kind of game you would have bought back in the day, and you much like uh, again, the reference Manic Miner. It's not the kind of game you're going to sit down in an afternoon and blow through. It ain't going to happen. It's going to take you a couple days to get to a point where you would consider you're making any progress at all. I mean, you're, it's, it's a difficult game, but unlike a lot of these other games... See, I disagree with that. I found myself making much more progress on this game right off the bat than in Manic Miner. Well, no, this isn't that as hard okay, as Manic okay, Miner. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, I agree with that. And I, something else Manic Miner has that this doesn't have is Manic Miner is a lot goofier. Like, this game, I actually... I mean, listen, it's goofy. It's got, but I mean, it's more on point. It's the more theming. of a realistic theming. You, know, too. you don't have like toilets walking around. That's and stuff right. Like that. And you've also got stuff that, you, like, uh, you've got zoo animals. Mm. They thought of every conceivable part of, a, of, a, of going to a theme park. You know, they've got little lakes and they've got gardens and they've got uh, uh, Ferris wheels and bumper cars and everything. Mm. Everything you could think of, they got it. Uh, and the, you know the pirate boat ride, the whole nine yards. And the funny thing is, as I watched this the playthrough on this, I thought to myself, "My God, there are some intricate graphical tricks done here that no one will ever see." There's not a whole lot of color clash in this game either. Yeah, it, they, you know? and it's very colorful. And yeah. the fact that it takes place at a music park after dark, very cunning mm -hmm. in the backstory because you've got to get the, you're up against that black right. background, but it makes the colors pop quite nicely. Yeah, that really is a, as a programming feat. I find this quite good, and even if the stuff is really hard, and the the, the leaping and the and the platform is difficult, I, I found myself enjoying it more than I would have in a more goofy. Well, scenario. and here's the thing too: in Manic Miner, literally everything that moves kills you instantly. In this game, you can get around, and there's stuff that kills you, but on every screen, most of the stuff is not going to kill you. And the way that they do the platforming is smart. You can always jump up from underneath an object and land on the object. Yeah. So it never gets frustrating. I'm a huge fan of the style of platforming in this. Yeah, and, and on top of that, 
you could get far enough, and you're given and you're given enough men to where it's not nearly as frustrating. Like I said, a game like Manic Miner, Jet Set Willie, you have to go to a place, like, and it's not necessarily a fun place. Yeah. To, to, to do yeah. It. And I went there, and it was I enjoyed it after I did it for a while. But I mean, I was super frustrated. This one, I wasn't nearly as frustrated. Really, most of the deaths in this for me were either go, jumping on something I didn't know I couldn't jump on, or just straight up fall. Well, and sometimes I get caught in a death loop where you jump yeah. into another screen, and then you you would respawn at the beginning of that screen and fall to your death until yeah, all your that happened went to me away. a couple times. Yeah. Uh, where that happened. And all you do is just wait till all your men are dead right. to start over. This is a game that screens for save states. But I will say that when you die, you're right back in the action. Yeah. You know, yeah. which There's is no great. baloney. Yeah. Uh, like I said, this, this is one that would be it's perfect for a modern a modern playthrough with something where you could save where you're at. Mm-hmm. That way you could, I mean, if you, and uh, this game is one of those rare games that's better, much better to play now. Yeah. Because the now, okay, I got past the roller coaster save. Okay, mm-hmm. now I got past this. And you just keep playing until you get past that part. I mean, there is some backtracking when you miss money, mm-hmm. you know. But for the most part, you can keep going. I will say they've some of the levels are cleverly designed because they put the money. It's almost like a, a Donkey Kong Country or something. Yeah, it's with bananas. It, yeah, it's exactly you're like that. stuff that move. And so you're now listen. The the jumping is not as precise as it is in something like Jungle. Well, I mean, it is. You've got to be really precise. Yeah, See, there's I mean, a lot yeah. less room for but error. But I mean, it's in a game re- like this. it's much more difficult to yeah. perform oh, correctly. Yeah. Absolutely. But it's hard when you're moving something like the log. Because there's a section of the log flume where there's these four money bags right in a big blob. And you just can't help yourself but to jump at them. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things you have to perfect that ability yeah. through the game. Yeah. But, I mean, could I see myself getting better? I did get better as the week went on. I could get a little further each time. But, I mean, there are points in it where you just, I mean, it's, even on the first screen, there's a point where I, I could only get there occasionally. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost completely random to try to get there. And it's also, the game like this requires a lot more patience than a person like me would normally show. Right. But that much said... Despite the fact that a third of the screen's crap, and despite the fact that the game is is difficult, and despite the fact that the controls are of their era, I did find this one a charmer. I'm not gonna lie; it's it. You can't help but be drawn into it, and just appreciate the amount of effort that was put forth to lay something like this out. I mean, like I said. Go watch a playthrough. I watched a guy play for an hour, and he didn't get the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't know what, yeah. end, I don't and know what it's, it looks it's, like. It's a game because it's it, all the screens are so varied. You're constantly seeing new stuff. Like, you can watch it and be entertained the yeah. whole way through. Yeah, just well, like, what's next? Right. You know, what's next? Right. And there's aside from the fact that it gives you the room sometime, it'll also, sometimes they'll just, like, just like at an amusement park, they'll say, like, you're at the haunted house. Mm-hmm. On the there'll screen, be there'll be a sign. Yeah. Or they're like, roller coaster, whatever, which is cool. Mm-hmm. So, they, you know, they did a lot right. Now, for a poor comparison on this boat, you made a special request. Yeah. Why don't you talk us through this thing here? So everybody knows that Dragon's Lair is an incredibly difficult game to port. Uh, yeah. Uh, and most of the time, uh, people didn't even bother to try and port the game as it existed in the arcades to the, uh, to the, the console in question. And we've seen this on the NES infamously. Uh, we've seen this on the Coleco Atom. Yeah. We've also seen this on the Game Boy. But what a, peop- a lot of people don't realize is that the Game Boy version of Dragon's Lair is a graphically reskinned, zoomed-in roller coaster. Really? They took the game Roller Coaster, they zoomed in the graphics to accommodate the, uh, the, the, what the Game Boy could handle. Uh, they reskinned the graphics, so instead of having a uh, you know 
bumper cars and things like that. You've got different sort of medieval things and monsters and things like that, but it is the exact same game as Roller Coaster. That is crazy. Now, did they give did the did, uh, the guy get credit for this? I believe that he did. I believe they made a deal, and uh, this actually uh, he he might Rockle have even Hurst? he might have even made more money on this Game Boy reskin than he did originally. Let me ask you. I'm looking at this Game Boy game here. This looks like it would be easier to control to me. Well, <laughs> I played a little bit of this. Yeah. And I can tell you that while it was easier to control, the yeah. game was much harder because you couldn't see uh, more enough of the screen. Right. So that you, so it's funny they actually went too far in the opposite direction, didn't they? Yeah. That happened on some of these Game Boy ports, though, mm -hmm. didn't it? Where Load they, Runner is that way. Yeah, where you don't get enough. I mean, the, I will say the reskinning of this, looking at it, it looks great. Yeah. Great scale, well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. I mean, this is that once they once they kind of got the ball, they ran with it, and uh, you know, I think. If you were, you know, I don't think anybody bought Dragon's Lair from the Game Boy thinking that they were going to get the arcade version. At least I hope you didn't. You know, at least this is this is kind of a cool take on things. You know, I believe uh, that they actually eventually were able to make a uh, Dragon's Lair for the Game Boy that it was actually like the arcade. Oh, okay. But I mean, I, I think it was a homebrew. But I remember seeing something and been very impressed. Mm -hmm. But still, I mean, listen. Yeah, given the other Dragon's Lairs I've seen, this look this would be like a world better yeah. than what you're. So you play this? Is it unplayably bad? No, no, it's not unplayable. I just could not get as far in this as I could in the the, the Spectrum version. Good way to go, dropping the brain uh, on us, boat. Nice work there. Um, I uh, looked up some reviews on this uh, just because I was interested to see how this thing reviewed. Uh, Crash gave this a ninety on the re-release. Your Sinclair gave this an eighty. Uh, Eurogamer gives it an eighty. Sinclair user like did not like it. They give it a 46. Not good. Uh, so it was a mixed bag there. I can't imagine why you wouldn't like this thing. Yeah. What yeah. did the, uh, do we get any action on the Discord? We got action out the wazoo. Very good. Will Brooker kicks us off. He says, I loved this game as a kid. It was a surprise discovery that I must have bought for a budget price, found on a compilation, or been given as a copy because I came into it with no expectations and spent many evenings exploring it. In that magical alchemical process that took place between a boy and his ZX Spectrum in the 1980s, I used my imagination and conjured up colorful worlds from the simple graphics. If you'd asked me about my memories of this game before I revisited it, I would have described violet caves dripping with water, rickety watercolor roller coaster frames, giant props, hidden thrills, bright spectacle, and the detailed environment of candy striped canopies. In my 1980s bedroom, it was almost a simulator, a virtual reality world of free rides to run around at leisure. <laughs> I felt like a tourist as much as a player. That's that. That's that's, that's it right there. That's right it right there. there. Well said. Um, oh, he's not done. I'm just agreeing with that. I felt like a tourist as much as yeah. a player. When you watch this playthrough, you do. Um, well, it's all there as I remembered, sort of. The giant faucets still pump water into the fountains outside the Magenta River Caves. The statue of Paul Bunyan is still valiantly holding up the log flume while the wagons are still circled at the entrance. The dolphins swim tirelessly back and forth in their pool. The empty cars whirl back and forth at a high-pitched rattle. And the primary colored cable cars still sail up and down, up and down, with nobody to ride in them. But the whole place now feels emptied, dated, and haunted like a ghost town. Every ride feels like a ghost train. I don't know if I played this in the 80s with pokes or just with the patience of youth or with hand-eye coordination I've lost, but I can't get through half the screens these days and keep crashing. I'm frustrated by my lack of progress and the fact that I have a struggle to see it the way I did as a teenager. 
There's, a sen- there's still a sense of poignancy about it as I watch the rides continue back and forth without me, and I still admire the detail of the construction, but maybe I should have left this one in my memory. Wow, who wrote that? That's Will Brooker. Man, Brooker. Get hold of Pixels. Yeah. That was brilliant. Well, well said, sir. Yeah. C64J writes, Living in the States, I was unfamiliar with the spectrum until I became involved in retro gaming. Mm. Roller Coaster starts with a good theme song and the garish colors of the spectrum. Although the theme song is good, the game sounds are the usual spectrum bleeps. I'm not a fan of the controls as the game is played with the keyboard. The M key, which increases character speed, is nowhere near the other keys needed to play the game. Yeah, that's an emulation thing, though. The keyboard was different. The, this causes me to look away from the game to find it. The jump mechanics of the game are not the best and remind me of Sammy Lightfoot on the Apple. <laughs> I do not think the game is bad, just not as good as other platform games. I give the game a 5.5 out of 10. I will stick with Chucky Egg when playing a platform game on the Spectrum. Another keyboard game, but one that is significantly more fun than Roller Coaster. Pajaco6502 mm. writes, Roller Coaster has all the harmark, all the all the hallmarks of a great specky platformer. Pixel perfect jumps, lots of items to collect, but it feels like it needed a little more time in the oven before it was served up. Its failings are unreliable controls, dodgy sprite collision that has character the character just fall through platforms for no reason, infinite death loops, and actual getting stuck on the platforms not being able to move. It's a crying shame, though, because this could have been a serious contender to the Jet Set Willy top hat of classic specky platformers. This game would have been vastly improved and still challenging without the fall deaths. And sometimes there was a health bar in places, but not always, so that was a little confusing. So sadly, time to put this one back to bed and come to it in a few years and remember why I don't play it that often. I, it probably should have got more credit than it did, but it isn't a top 10 for me. I will give it a solid 6 out of 10. I like this one more than Jet Set Willy. I will say that. I thought Jet Set Willy was too freaking hard and not as, as clever as this. Uh, Jigglebox writes, This one was a bit of a roller coaster for me. Oh, I played it for about an hour, initially Jeez. learning the physics, which are somewhat strange, then working out how to pick off the collectibles with some frustration. I did find it had some one more try addictiveness, but once I had decided I'd had enough and might play it another day, I haven't returned to it. I just can't find the motivation to overcome its downsides. Five out of ten. Oh, man. D-Man writes, If only my copy of Roller Coaster obtained from one of the cover tapes had worked back in the day, then I'm sure I'd have sunk many hours into it. Sadly, it always failed to load, so I have no nostalgia, no muscle memory, and having failed to progress anywhere in the game on the several occasions that I've tried it in the emulation era... Seriously losing the inclination to try to get over the insane difficulty curve and challenges that this game provides. Want to give it more, but it's a 5 out of 10 for me. Hmm. And finally, Z9K9, the man himself, the master of gaming, writes, This manic platformer extends the trend of pixel-perfect jumping to the shapes of the platforms themselves. No longer constrained to an 8x8 grid, every dot in space counts, and like one of those falling sand games, peculiar physics arrive from the precise lie of the pixels. What's more, the platforms whip about in an audaci- at audacious speeds as if begging for glitches to rear up and spoil the party. Yet it holds together well enough. The variety of acrobatic puzzles was a joy to explore, gradually evolving safer and better solutions for each money bag with careful experimentation or lateral thinking. After a month of steady progress, I still haven't mastered every room, which I feel is uncommon longevity for this kind of game. The run button seemed superfluous at first, but turns out to be a helpful lever that can be leaned on to tame certain physical challenges. Naturally, you soon develop the wherewithal to zoom through uneventful or well-understood zones with it too, 
optimizing away impatience. You generally don't have a lot of, you don't have to waste a lot of time to get back to a place that you're interested in. In contrast to Will Brooker, not having played this before, I felt the park full of vitality as the map repeatedly exceeded my initial expectations of its size and visual variance. With the functional resolution of its graphics, I think this is also perhaps an impressive feat of compression into 48K, 8 out of 10. Wow. You know, this it, we do a lot of shows, Newsflash, and th- I think this show gets more uh, well thought out and, and passionate uh, reviews and always a lot of them. It's always nice, and they're all so well written. You know, you could have read any of those in a magazine somewhere, and you think to yourself, "This guy knows what he's talking about." I'm stunned. I'm stunned that uh, these people have such talent, and they, and I feel like they should all be writing for uh, for you know Pixel or, or one of the, you know Jonah's magazines. They're all fantastic. Yeah, they're very good. Now I will say, after hearing all those, I. I gotta say, I'm stunned that there was not more love for this game. There was a lot of mediocre this or didn't hold up. I think this was a, is a kind of a winner, if mm-hmm. I'm honest. I mean, warts at all. I mean, uh, I think the theming, the I mean, some of the graphical stuff is I've never seen anywhere else. There's a lot of crazy. The the, uh, the 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 amount of gameplay you get, the variety of challenges. Yeah. What would be nice is if you had someone who could send you a bunch of saved games mm-hmm. that were of different areas, so <clears> you could just sort of try to get past those well, I areas. Think, you know, I think one thing that Z9 brought up that was that was interesting that I didn't think about was that that character speed key. You don't necessarily need to use that to progress, although I guess maybe you have to in some places. But it's a great tool when you have to start from the beginning to kind of get through all the easy quote unquote easy zones to get back to where you. Yeah, work. when I find one, then I'll let you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. Um, and to close this up. Just a couple of bits before we go. Uh, the I did I did see that this got a crash smash uh, in uh, January of '86, the Christmas special. But that's quite an issue. Uh, this also I looked up on eBay, and you can get the tapes for uh, somewhere between eight and fifteen bucks. That's as cheap as I All saw right. it go down. But well, Aaron, it's time to bid a fond farewell to roller coaster. Listeners, we want to hear your feedback. Uh, if you want to uh, leave us a comment on this YouTube video and tell us about your uh, memories of Roller Coaster, you can. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, if you are a Patreon supporter of R. Sinclair, you can leave a review for next week's game uh, on our server. Uh, you can head on over to patreon.com slash R. Sinclair if you're so inclined. We've got a goal. $200 a month, uh, R. Sinclair turns into a monthly show. So if you'd like to make that happen... Feel free to head over that way. And that leads us to our R. Sinclair roll call. Uh, these are all of our Patreon supporters. Pajaco6502, Will Brooker, Wonderly Chesham, Stephen Wilcott, Chartel, Nathan Mills, Doug Berry, Jigglebox, David Terrace, Andrew Waite, Eric Nelson, Captain Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Mark Downey, Peter Mulholland, Chris Foles, Mark Durham, and Pixels at Dawn. Thank you. If you like our format and you want to hear more, feel free to check out our other shows, Amigos, Everything Amiga, uh, The Coco Show, ARG Presents, 1200XL, and The the Atari ST Show. You can find all of those on our YouTube channel, Amigos Retro Gaming, or at anchor.fm slash Amigos Podcast. Aaron, what are we going to be playing next on our Sinclair? Let's find out, both. Mighty. Bomb Jack, but not mighty. But not bomb mighty Jack. Bomb Jack, just Bomb Jack. <laughs> now we this is one we covered on the uh, Amiga, right? Yeah. Bomb Jack, yep. this arcade port, mm-hmm. another elite joint. Yep, that's so, right. 
it'll be interesting to see how you know it's the uh, the ZX has done pretty well in the port department, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I suspect this will probably be pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, thank you all as always for listening. We will see you next time, and until then, rewind tape and press play.